Hello again and welcome to a brand new episode of Wolford Weekly Podcast where we talk about all things EastEnders. I am Alex, your host. And I'm Robert, the co-host, isn't it? That's my official term. We can be what you like. Whatever you want to be, Rob. Producer. No. <laughs> Executive producer. <laughs> and makeup. <laughs> How are you, Alex? I'm very well. I am. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Before we turned on the microphone, I gave you my woes of the day. And Alex I, had a bad day today. I've had a bad day. Yes, so he he had, couldn't find a spoon. He had to use a dessert spoon to stir his coffee. <laughs> He's having an appalling day. I mean, that was just the icing on the cake of a, of a day yeah. that I've had. But I, I shan't bore people with my day. Um, but uh, would you Why? like to... I had to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you take pleasure in hearing my demise. You, you I enjoy do, it. yeah. Your demise? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm slowly... that bad. I'm slowly just, I don't know. Disintegrating. I, mean, I am. It's just been one of those days. So it's obviously this week was Children in Need week on the BBC in the UK. So any listeners outside the UK, it's a charity event. Bit of a different one this year, obviously due to COVID and all those bits and pieces. Is there a virus going on? I've not heard anything. (laughs) Something's happening. I don't know. I'm not too sure. I think we're meant to stay home, I think. I'm not too sure. Obviously, we said last week that they didn't do a song and dance number uh, with EastEnders this year. Instead, there was the episode of The Wall. But... I wanted to ask Rob because Ben and I did an episode way, way back when pretty much when we first started the podcast where we talked about all the special editions of EastEnders that were made for children in need. And I, I suddenly thought I would never ask Rob. Rob, we've never asked you. What Outrage. has been your absolute favourite moment or children in need moment for the EastEnders? Uh, I have to say it was probably the uh, EastEnders Corrie crossover. Oh, I liked, liked that a lot. It was funny. The Corrie characters just looked quite fun on uh, on the set of EastEnders. And then you had some of the EastEnders lot going across to Weatherfield. Mm. Zainab, absolutely horrified at the prospect of Eileen Grimshaw having a gay son and a, <laughs> and a gay landlord. And then, of course, you had uh, Gail, Gail Platt and Denise sat in the calf in EastEnders talking about who had the most who had the worst serial killer husband I mean I love that moment especially when she puts on congratulations great. at the beginning on the jukebox as she starts yeah. it. <laughs> and then finally uh, a good old fashioned soapy duff duff when it's revealed that Liz McDonald is actually Cat Slater's mother mm. and you can sign to see it you know they both wear leopard print a lot and they're both brassy tarts in their own little way so I yeah I can see that word I think it's canon yes, I, I would happily have uh, Liz McDonald come onto the soap as a full time character. Why, why? I don't not? think we. I don't think we ever actually met Cat's mum, did we? I don't think so. No, I, can't. I don't think we did. So think... why can it not be Liz McDonald? There we go. <laughs> no, I mean, even if we have met Cat's mum, I don't. As you could still argue with the way the writing has been recently. Why can't it still be <laughs> Liz McDonald for I don't know. her mum? Why not? Because they both had the same charm bracelet, didn't they? And she gave it they away did, to, yes. her, to her daughter. And uh, yeah, so you know, it works. Why not it's about it? the it's about the level of storyline that we you know we'd come to expect. So <laughs> yeah. I think it would work. We're fine. Yeah, give it a go. We have posted a cliff note version of that episode on our Twitter because Twitter only allowed to show two minute videos, so I kind of cut it down to a two minute video. Um, I'll see if I can dig it out, and if anyone wants to watch that, then uh, follow us on our Twitter. <laughs> Great plug at Wolford Weekly. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll see if I can refind it and repost it this weekend for anyone to watch it. But I have to say, my 
my absolute favourite was when they did the Doctor Who crossover and they had all oh, the different yes. they had all the different doctors and they even had Carmel before she became Carmel because obviously yeah. the actress she was already a character in Doctor Who. Mel, I think her character was called in oh, right. Stories, wasn't it? <clears throat> well all I all I remember is that you had to vote. It was a premium number whether you wanted Big Ron or Mandy, Mandy Salter to take over uh, fight off the enemy who come to the square to try to destroy the Doctor and the vote was ultimately Mandy Salter they did film both endings and I think you can find them online go, go to YouTube and you can see the alternative ending the big Ron ending <laughs> if oh, so it's, it's on the same editing room floor as Janine lying on the bottom of a cliff pushed by Barry yeah <laughs> exactly or many other scenes that EastEnders filmed just to have you ever seen actually now you've mentioned that you know uh, mm. I'm sure you do know the, the anniversary episode when Bradley ultimately met his demise by jumping off yeah I've seen a, I've seen a few of the uh, the endings so I think they're on YouTube somewhere mm. um, you've got I think you know of the uh, different kind of characters going oh, I did it it was me and yeah no I think they're all, I'm pretty sure they're all available on YouTube I can remember seeing them fairly recently yeah I saw them somewhere and it's really I love seeing that with it's, obviously it was rehearsals and it was to get the press off the scent I think one of them oh, was yes. Ronnie Ronnie yes as well but uh, no Bradley Bradley, it was with Bradley. Bradley hit him around the head. Poor old Archie. Queen Vic. It's the, the oh, I said the poor Queen Vic. Big, big bust. It's gone through some proper trauma over the years. It's, it's as much as any character has. Been <laughs> it is murder a murder weapon. Been burnt. <laughs> been thrown at the bottom of the Thames. Yeah. Anyway, should we talk about this week's EastEnders? Well, I think we go on then. I think we've delved into the past enough. Let's talk about the yes. now. So first of all, then let's talk about Mick. And yes. how he made a huge mistake. It was all in his mind. And I think he's accepted that now. He, he he literally closed the book at the end because he closed the photo album when he realized that the dress that Linda had worn was mistakenly the color that he thought it was. So he's he's closed the book on it. We thought he had until Tina we love decided. a metaphor. We do. Um, and until Tina decided to kind of reap it back up again when he was working behind the bar for Ian. Mick has had a bit of a hard time, hasn't he? Let's be honest. Yes, a little bit. Yes, it's been a tricky week for for old Michael. Katie is just somewhere else, isn't she? What but a scum. <laughs> I, I love Katie. I really do. I love the way that uh, she is still still manipulating Mick mm. and treating him like the the small boy she knew, um, and just the way she talks to him. It's you can just you can see. Mick as a teenager as she speaks to him I really like the character Katie and I think it's been put, yeah. portrayed really well I thought it was mad because I when when she first uh, started saying a few lines I kind of thought oh it's a bit flat you know I, I didn't you know but then I kind of realised as the episode went on oh actually that's the entire point isn't it she's supposed to be just this completely and utterly normal woman on the on the exterior and then obviously this evil sort of paedophile on the inside because if I think if you'd brought her in and she'd had the camp pantomime villainous of someone like Suki it would mm. have been it would have been a very different story but the whole point is that she is just completely seems to be completely normal and yeah she is ridiculously good at just twisting the situation around I was a bit confused though because they talked for a while and we discovered in inverted commas Katie's side of the story now I thought that the whole reason that Frankie came looking for Mick in the first place was because Katie had told her that Mick was her father. Uh, no. Did I, I get think, that wrong? I, I think you may have got that wrong. I think she, I think that Katie had spoken about Mick. Right. And they'd had to pass together. But I don't think she had said outright because otherwise, 
Otherwise, Katie wouldn't have then spoken to Frankie later, and Frankie, you yeah, know, that's it wouldn't what I have made mean. sense. I was, a bit, I was a bit confused. Mm. I assumed I'd misunderstood it because I'm sure that they, can, <laughs> you know, as much as retconning now and now and again occurs, I'm pretty sure they're not retconning stuff that happened two mm. weeks ago. <laughs> no, I think that Katie had spoken about Mick in a kind of fond tone and perhaps maybe she'd kind of released that her and Mick were very close and I just think Frankie mm. may have taken it then the wrong way. I mean, it is strange how Frankie would have jumped to that conclusion so quickly that Mick That's was That's what I mean. I, I, think I've, I think I've missed like the moment where that, that, where that kind of was landed on from Frankie's part. I think I must have got that confused somewhere on the line. But either way, Katie persuades Mick after basically telling him that he's got the whole thing completely wrong. He's got memories of her taking him upstairs after a game of football, putting him in her bed, and apparently, according to Mick, that was the night that their relationship began, so presumably it was supposed to take from that, that was the first time that they had sex. Yeah, see, that's that's another thing. Mick thought that that was the beginning of their relationship mm-hmm. but so so surely then that would indicate that perhaps they'd had sex more than once another thing that confused me about it was that yeah. i don't i don't know so but but again katie talked around it and said no that never happened so it it's fine for mick to think and dismiss oh perhaps i got it wrong once but surely mm. in his mind again and again and again he's got yeah. it wrong if now katie's told him that he's got it wrong on new she's rewritten a whole chunk of his history that he's now just kind of said oh okay maybe i was wrong linda wore a pink mm. dress after all and no, linda wore a black dress after all at her dad's 40th so my whole childhood was a lie you know yeah no i was kind of i i've got to admit i was kind of confused with the whole dress thing i was kind of what was i i, I, I maybe i just missed understood it completely but i was kind of just wondering what the point of the dress conversation was like I, what was that supposed to be about i think mick still had doubts whether what he remembered was true or not um yeah. and he he had a memory of the linda's dad's birthday remembered her in a certain dress it was mick's way of kind of confirming in his mind that no i do i have a good enough memory but linda when linda said the line oh we're both getting old obviously memories memories beginning to fade a little bit i think mick thought you know what perhaps katie's right it was just a mistake made by me but katie still has that hold. this is it katie still has that hold on him because then on friday mm. when he was working in the bar and tina made a comment about you know that when he was younger he flinched and he dropped the bottle and it katie is still inside of him and has that power over him mm. that he just seems to can't control yet yeah i mean the idea behind it basically is that katie has completely and utterly well, she's she's throwing him off the rails now, essentially, by just showing up and just completely and utterly confusing this chain of events that he's got inside his head of what actually happened between them. I feel like you're right. It can't be that they only because Mick seems. I'm pretty sure Mick seems to think that they have had. Well, does think because we believe Mick that he and Katie had a full-on relationship and that sex was a maybe if not regular occurrence between them but it definitely happened more than once like you say if once could be misconstrued in from someone as expert at this as Katie but you know yeah several times there was this whole relationship between them that went on several years including when he was still with Linda that upset me a little bit where he's been absolutely uh, certain that he's never cheated on Linda. They've never had the fact other than that kiss he had with Whitney. There's never been anything mm. that he's done that Linda's not known about. And now we are discovering that perhaps he did still see Katie while Linda was around or well, he at least still thought about her and wrote to her. Um, yeah, I mean, what they call mental affairs are still are still a thing. 
you know, as Mick got older, the chances are that Katie would have become less interested. So if we're talking now about a 16-year-old, which is um, how old he was, I think, when Linda and him got together, then if that connection between them was still there, it was early days for him and Linda, wasn't it, at that point? So, you know, maybe there was a kind of crossover period that can kind of be mistaken. But I, I don't know, it's just... If we if we learn more about kind of what happened and the actual kind of sequence of events that led to where Mick is now in his head and how Katie is going to manipulate people. Because it seems that, because obviously Tina, being Tina, is absolutely enamoured by Katie. This woman can do no wrong in Tina's eyes and she absolutely loved, loves the bones of her. And it was a really uh, good scene in the Alberts where Katie was just pulling the strings for both of them. You mm. know, she's kind of she's kind of leading the conversation with Tina and then throwing little jibes at Mick saying, yeah, well, we all get confused at some point, don't we? And Mick's just kind of sat there just traumatised by the whole thing. It was... But childlike geez. as well. Did you not think that yeah. Mick seemed... Oh, yeah. He looked like a... He just looked like an overgrown child. <laughs> he yeah, just sat there he, almost he kinda, yeah, sulking. He did. Uh, yeah, he just been... regressed about 40 years. Mm. But then this woman is... Uh, this is the other thing. I kind of thought this, that Katie would be older. I, she, and she, it seems that w- the, when all this was going on, she can't She can't be any more than about five years older than Mick, if that. She did say, didn't she? She said she was 22, I think. I, yeah, I, so he was so yeah, so about the seven years there was about seven years odd difference between them. Right. So it's not I mean yeah, twenty two versus twelve. So ten year difference, sorry. It's gonna be interesting to see how much longer she can kind of keep these strings being pulled between Mick and Tina, because I think that Shirley we've already got the sense that Shirley doesn't like her, and I think that the smallest window of opportunity for Katie to look, look like the bad guy, Shirley's going to jump on. Yeah, Shirley doesn't like many people, though, let's be honest. That's true. Shirley it's doesn't even like Tina this week, to be fair. She, she was having to go at Tina, she was having to go at Grey. She was just bullying everyone that she could come across this week. <laughs> Any standard week for Shirley, really. Yeah, yeah, standard. Um, We quickly need to go over the fact that there's the story where Ian, Bill is going to get duffed duffed in a duff what? duff and well, I, where, I don't understand what this was like tina all of a sudden has put herself as a suspect in the storyline that hasn't been confirmed yet well yes well i mean it, it, i think it's as good as confirmed isn't it everyone's lining up now to to yeah. as i say duff in and a duff duff uh, tina's the most tenuous i would say right now and it's gonna be very quite it's gonna be quite poor if it turns out to be tina well which we know the actress who plays tina is leaving <laughs> God, am I saying this? (laughs) And so the most obvious one so far has been Max for similar reasons, but also he's got that past. And just in case anyone doesn't want to hear that, I may be talking a bit of spoilers for the next minute or so. We know that Max uh, gets outwitted by Ian in a couple of weeks time and he doesn't like that very much. So it's again building up to that. But Tina seems to be because Max is a character I think will return at some point down the line, be it 5, 10, mm. 15 years, probably with a new wife and uh, a new affair will happen with Stacy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Tina, I don't think is returning. I think once Tina's character is gone, I don't think there's other than to come for Christmas or one off episode here and there. I don't think she'll be returning as a permanent character anytime soon. She's got she's got a meditation app to work on now. Oh, and... right. Well, that's keeping us and occupied. It would make some sense if they made Tina the suspect for Ian's head trauma, let's just say. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, yeah, yeah, because Tina by the end of the week is glaring at Ian because Ian got a bit smug with Mick. He sort of did his whole I'm the landlord, you're not little Ian moments and 
got Tina across and Tina glared at him from across the street and called him a maggot. <laughs> um, so that officially puts Tina on the uh, on the suspect list. Mm. Uh, so God knows where that's going. I just feel that it's it's just one of those kind of moments, isn't it, though, where Tina is going to probably get the most material that she's had throughout the entire time she's been on the square since her domestically violent, abusive relationship with her ex-girlfriend. Tosh, yes, Tosh, that was it. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things where it's all of a sudden Tina gets all this development just as she's leaving. Yeah, I know, I know. It's It seems like she's now high on my list of the suspect of who's going to do it. I mean, we're, we're it down... It could be Kush, for all we know. On Twitter, someone had said that we're up to 10 suspects now. So let's work this out. We've got Peter, we've got Kathy... We? Well, Peter, Kathy, Tina, Max, Bobby, Bobby Sharon... Dottie. Dottie, yep. Shrimpy um, on the market? Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Winston. Winston. Okay, well, that's the 10 then. So I think we've got There you it. go. <laughs> I think it's going to be Winston. I've, I've got strong suspicions. I mean, if you were yeah. going to put a bet on right now, who, yeah. on, on a storyline that we don't know for certain is going to happen, but we're pretty <laughs> sure will, who do you think is going to be the suspect? I'd say, I see, I think Peter. Oh, really? I think Peter. Yeah, I just think that... Out of all, I mean, if we if you if we were to sit here and go through all the you know actual suspects, I don't think it's Kathy wouldn't do it in a million years. Um, well, I don't know. She was pretty angry with Ian this week. Yeah, but she threw a bit of underwear and then she was all right. You know, I think <laughs> Kathy gets over these things quite quickly. <laughs> Bobby's too obvious, and I think it would just sort of be poetic justice if both of if Ian has actually driven but practically all of his kids at some point to attack him. I think it would sort of, you know, it would, uh, I think, and I think it's, it would suit current Peter quite well. Okay. I, I, you? I wouldn't want it to be Peter quite honestly. Mm. I, uh, just because, <laughs> just because I don't think that they've done enough for Peter to give him this, big story but yet. tina called him a maggot so yeah she's much more likely <laughs> well i know i know yeah but i just think i think if the obvious one is max it has to max is the obvious one but i personally think it's going to be bobby i do oh, i hope not i hope not i don't want bobby to become a psycho again it's, there's so much happening to him and it's just all becoming so overwhelming that it yeah i mean presumably this anxiety stuff he's going is building up to something mm. and i just think but... that it it would make it would make sense for Bobby in the way that uh. they're they're writing it and building it up to become. And I still think it will be because Ian will steal money from the Lucy Beale Foundation. Oh yeah, for sure he'll do that. Yeah. But I but then again, all throughout all of that, I'm pretty, still pretty sure that Sharon knows what's been going on. So what was the point in the subtlety of the text message and all of that sort of thing mm. if they're not going to go further with it? So who maybe, knows? Maybe it'd be Sharon and Bobby. I don't know. It, it, yeah. Every time I just see Sharon and Ian have a scene now, I just can't not think oh, mm. something's happening. Something's going to happen between yeah. Something's going to happen. I'm the same. But then again, it might just be as simple as, you know, Sharon just hits him over the head with a toilet brush. Um, let's talk about something a little bit nicer. And that is Denise. Yes. And Denise she's and Raymond, and she's trying to bond with Raymond by going to his church. And Jack's back on the scene as well. Jack couldn't keep away from her. He's back. No, there. can't get enough of Denise. No. Pain- the, it must be the fish fingers. It must be. I mean, Denise has got quite the, the record of not being able to cook quite basic foods. Basic pasta, food. Pasta, fish, fish fingers. fingers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she'd burn a sandwich if she could. <laughs> um, yes, Denise is clearly struggling with looking after Raymond. And it's understandable, you know, because this poor kid has been thrust around to so many different sort of scenarios it's been quite a lot of trauma for a kid that can't be what any older than three four yeah 
I feel really sorry uh, for Raymond. I mean, the kid is brilliant. I actually he's so cute, him. isn't he? He's, he's fantastic. Cute. I love the way he just kind of he. I mean, he's a child, so he probably doesn't realise that he's being so brilliant. But he, I just no. love the way he. <laughs> I love the way he just kind of seems to nonchalantly just kind of look at the world around him and not really care. And Denise talks to him, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever. You're not my mum." And like, just kind of yeah. just moves, you know. Moves. And then as soon as he got to the church, and he started swinging his arms around and like, he joining loved it. He's like a right little gospel child, didn't he? Oh, Brilliant. It's so cute. It really did. It light, lightened up my day. I will say, though, during this Denise storyline, got my back up. Oh? What? There was a scene where Denise was on the phone and there was just a completely and utterly pointless little sound effect cutaway thing that presumably was supposed to build up intensity, achieved absolutely nothing. Why is it there? Why do they keep doing this? I'm getting to the point where I think they're just putting it in to annoy me. They may as well hold up a sign going, intensity building. <laughs> like, I don't need it. Well, have like Beyonce no signs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it just, I, for God's sake, she was only on the phone. It wasn't that, it wasn't that dramatic. Well, she was like, trying to... Using, it's what they're using the same. I wouldn't mind if it was a different sound effect to the one that they use whenever Mick has a panic attack. <laughs> you know, you're telling me that they're going for exactly the same sort of mental trauma at the same time. Then, when Denise is having a bit of difficulty on the phone, to when Mick's like thinking he's going to die from a heart attack because he's that panicked. <laughs> but Denise was trying to organise a uh, therapy session to try to help her communicate with Raymond. <laughs> it's pointless. <laughs> I feel sorry for See, Denise. You're like, talking now, and I just sat there doing an underbed of. <laughs> doesn't add anything, does it? It's just irritating. Yeah, but no one can see the franticness in my face right now. Are you, yeah, yeah like you... you've got a twitch like appearing <laughs> and a sort of yeah, vein yeah, yeah. popping up on the side of your forehead. My finger is slowly going over the disconnect button as, as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the thing that frustrated me was that, again, Denise was beginning to become this really strong female character, and I love the way that she's having to look after Raymond on her own. She's got the help from Sh- and from Isaac. Great scene actually this week with Isaac this week as well with Phil when she said, why mm. don't you ask Denise what's going on? Because she'd be more than happy to tell you what's going on. So he knows that Phil's trying to do a cloak and dagger and with Denise, but doesn't really know the full extent of it, uh, which I love. And I just love that Denise is kind of, even though she did have this frustrating moment on the phone this week and she burnt some mm. few fish fingers while she was trying yeah. to organise a haircut for someone at the salon, she, <laughs> she still, she still is like doing it on her own, essentially kind of let me down a little bit that Denise then needed Jack's help to pay for the for the therapy for Raymond and Jack needed yeah. to come along to the church to help Denise out and it felt a bit like oh no Denise doesn't need that Denise is I mean, a strong woman certainly doesn't need Jack doing sort of soap character 101 turning up with an envelope full of cash that nobody <laughs> has easy access to um <laughs> yeah I know I mean this is I mean it's just paving the way it's just it's it's one of those stories with Denise and Jack where They've had a little bit of a breakup. They'll be back together again in a couple of weeks. It's just one of those sort of pointless little preambles mm. to sort of give a, give the story a little bit more meat. I love that when the pastor said, uh, oh, your husband, and Denise was like... <laughs> Didn't correct Maybe. Him. Yeah. No, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if that's on the cards. I mean, you were so happy when Denise and Jack broke up. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I feel like I'm in a minority with this. I'm not, like, I don't mind them together. I just don't feel that they're that exciting a couple to watch like they're one of the see to me a soap relationship is almost should almost be a character within itself do you know what i mean like mm. it should be a sort of 
relationship where you look at the two characters and you know exactly what their relationship entails. You know, like Nick and Linda, you we we've got a good idea of how they are together. We've got a good idea of what their relationship is like. Whereas with Jack and Denise, it's sort of just there. We know they're together. They share the odd scene where it's kind of like, I love you. Yes, I love you too. Like, we're together. <laughs> and that's about it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like I need more of them, sort of, which I'm assuming is kind of what we're getting at the minute, but it just seems a little bit too late for me. Mm. I want I, I want that initial stuff there for me to fully support them getting back together if they're going to randomly break up every now and again. Also, Jack's forgotten that the reason they broke up was so that they could both take their own direction and looking after their own kids and it, yes because it, it, amy's a psychopath yeah and now <laughs> amy's just been forgotten again and i worry that this is a yeah. story that once raymond has found his feet and they recast raymond so then he becomes a speaking role because <laughs> that's inevitably <laughs> going to happen like, oh, yeah. they, like they did with ricky and i just worry that perhaps then it's going to be a story where amy feels a little bit left out because ricky's got a brother now and so ricky's kind of you know he's got someone he can bond with and jack will be more concentrating with raymond his own new little family that it's been ready made for him and so amy's slowly getting pushed out again i i wouldn't mind yeah, that though that's how lily will get her so <laughs> <laughs> evil lily she'll be watching from the sidelines and she'll go hmm i see a victim and she'll take amy under her wing and everything will be delightful and then amy's life will be ruined by evil lily that's my prediction i took a triumphant sip of my tea when i gave it <laughs> a little nod like in um uh, yeah. shawn of the dead when <laughs> absolutely all right i'm talking about relationships if yeah. we may uh mm. there's a new one blossoming the honey pot is open for anyone else <laughs> for anyone who wants to join in because jay the hornet is coming in he for, for is sweet stuff so jay 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 doesn't want anything to do with lola anymore and isn't that upset about it quite happy no. moving on he's he's like you know what i thought i'd be upset and i'm not so <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> who knew yeah <laughs> let's just forget about it so by lola uh either find peter or god knows what's going to happen you're you're in the abyss now for the for the foreseeable future jay the reason jay made this decision was because of honey's speech that she made in the vic and there was Mm. i'm surprised you didn't mention this the little slow camera zoom toward jay's face when the realization hit him again another little camera technique the realization i don't mind that it was subtle I mean, I didn't need, you know, you didn't need like memories of Lola past flashing through his brain at the same time to sort of hammer the point home. It was a nice little sort of artistic camera movement that was barely noticeable. That's the sort of thing I like. I would have loved a flashback. I would have loved a flashback. Of, like, <laughs> you just basically saw like, like when you see like all these characters are like go swing around someone's head when they're remembering things. It's like. Yeah, just Lola just sat on his shoulder with her <laughs> earrings dangling. The pair of them skipping through a field together as Jay stares into Honey's face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see how that totally would Remembering when she gave birth in the kebab shop and Jay was there yeah. for her, you know. All the classy kind of... stuff. Yeah. yeah. Jay, I think Jay's now considering Honey. But this week I felt like that Honey was considering it too because she made him yeah, this beautiful, was. ridiculously over-extravagant sandwich <laughs> for him. Yeah, so Honey and Jay are basically going to be happening, let's bet on a timeline, within the next week or so, do you think? By next week they'll have done a weirdly staged kiss oh god yeah i forget that that's happening the filming technique so see, be... now you see that's a good thing about eastenders you keep forgetting that they're social distancing mm, you can't mm. take that away from them you, so you just reminded me of a, <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of a video I, a video there's a pastor in america a pastor a pastor in a there's a pastor in america and he pastor pastor was it pastor is it pastor 
He introduced himself as a pasta, and I was expecting Denise to introduce herself as a pizza. I don't know. Like <laughs> well, there was one in America, and he says that if you scream and blow the coronavirus away, this has got nothing to do with EastEnders. It's just something I remembered. <laughs> if yeah, you scream yeah, and blow the, the the coronavirus away, then it can't touch you. So um, perhaps scream that's what they and were blow. doing. Blow. Yeah, so you got to go, Aah! and they go. Yeah. And they're, they're literally... The whole point of Corona is that it's caught by people blowing and like. Yeah, but you're blowing it away mouth. from you. It's a bit like a game That's of a blow. Terrible, f- yeah, and blow it's for the people. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> I suppose you'd wait until you're on your own and kind of blow. You know, it's the, only, it's the civil thing to do. You wouldn't do it in public. It'd look a bit strange if you're just like walking down the street and all of a sudden you scream and then blow. Only in America. Mm. Anyway, nothing to do with Jay and Lola. Unless Jay and Lola... uh, No, let's not. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're on the fence with Jay and Lola, aren't you? No, I don't... Jay and Lola, I don't... You know, yeah. Again, they were the same as sort of Jack and Denise and me, just sort of there as a couple. Whereas they seem to actually be putting in some legwork for Jay and Honey and sort of building up these moments. They're putting in... Do you know what they're doing? They're They're trying to put in as much effort with this relationship as they did for Balam. Right. And if they put in as much effort, this is me getting on my high horse here. Mm. If they put in as much effort into. (laughs) uh, If they put in as much effort into building relationships between characters as they did with Balam to try Mm. and get all the supporters that they knew were going to come with the Balam relationship on on board, as they do with some of the other relationships on the square, I'd be quite happy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, I'd like Honey and Jay. I think they. No, I like suit, them. They're think, working well together. Yeah, because they they're putting in the effort to make them work together. You mm. know, because they're, they're giving them these moments. Both actors work well together. There's good chemistry between them, and there's and they're actually putting the effort in to build on this relationship and make me care about them as a couple. That's mm. all I want. That that's the sort of thing that they should always be happening. Because I feel all I mean, I feel that if you were in Jay's boots right now, mm. you would be thinking. This can't be a thing, surely. I don't fancy my. I don't fancy Honey. She. She's grown. I've grown up with Honey. That must be. That would just be weird. And Honey will be feeling exactly the same thing. Mm. So it's a nice little. It's. I. I hope they. I hope they build up on that. I hope they sort of have those moments where they sort of realise the feelings there, and then automatically kind of stop themselves from thinking it. Mm. And it will make the eventual moments when they come together brilliant to watch. Yeah, I think Billy is going to be a huge spanner in the in the works well, isn't it Billy's a spanner anyway whether he tries <laughs> to be or not that is true he he's not gonna he's not gonna be on board though at all with it is he no no he's gonna be insanely jealous and Jay's probably gonna end up with a black eye at some point but it's mm. yeah it, it well, that's just Billy's own fault though Billy can't I mean I know like you know Mitchell's sort of loyal family loyalty predicts that you can't do the, what Jay is about to do with honey but at the same time i don't think billy's got even the slightest right to be all high and mighty about anything to do with honey's life he was the one that went and had sex with a lesbian <laughs> he has no right to be kicking off about anything and he's done this with every i mean i know to be fair it's work it's it's uh worked out that he's had a right to kind of be worried about honey's boyfriends but in the grand scheme of things billy has kicked off about every single person that honey's shown an interest in since they broke up and he's like do you know what no billy back off Mm. All right, you've got no right to be. You're yes, you're uh, the dad to Honey's kids, but at the same time, you're the one that screwed up the relationship. So let Honey live her life, and if that includes going out with Jay, who is ten times the man you'll ever be, then fine. I mean, it sounds like I absolutely despise Billy. I don't, but he is. You know, he's just that sort of character that's just kind of useless at life. Means well, yeah, but he's not. 
he's he's got to be realistic and realise that there are better people for Honey than he is. Yeah, he just can't let go of her, can he? I mean, I no. I think that without Honey, there's nothing for Billy. But Billy, but Honey has always had so much more that she could potentially do. Ben and I used to talk mm. all the time about how we hated that they always attached Honey to Billy. Every time she returned yes. or there was a storyline, it would always be somehow attached to Billy. And I love that that Honey now has this story which isn't attached to Billy. And I think that this ultimately would mean that there is nothing. <laughs> I've got this wish list for people who just don't need to be on the square anymore. Hey, you're worse. You're worse than the budget. If you had your way, <laughs> it would just be Suki one-handers every, every day. Oh goodness, yeah, yeah, That'd of be course, all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I just don't. I mean, but I like Billy and Karen, so I'm I'm on board with. I ship that. Yeah, well, Rob, good luck with that because sh- that ain't lasting longer either. No, I guess not. But that makes it even more to my point that I just don't see there's nothing else for Billy to do. Billy and Lola, I think, need to head off to the sunset. They can have a Julius theme if they want. I, I'm not going to stop that from happening, although it's That's unlikely. That's good of you. That's yeah. good of you. Because I mean, your power can stop that. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. I will overturn, <laughs> will I will overturn every decision. <laughs> but um, I just think that this is the time for Billy and Lola to kind of up sticks and look after Lexi somewhere else. No, I mean, I feel I like I like Billy's role within the Mitchell family, sort of, you know, the underdog of the Mitchell family. And I, and Billy's the sort of character that I want to see have those sorts of moments of success where, you know, he's surprised by his own good luck, you know, because he's always sort of been the downtrodden member of the family, hasn't he? Yeah, but it's the only sort because of, one of that... what he's done. Billy, the reason oh, yeah, things happen but... to Billy is because Billy does it to himself. And he's a victim of his own circumstances, though, isn't he, as well? Well, the circumstances that he set up himself. <laughs> he's a victim of yeah, himself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, you know, like those little moments where now and again Billy will do something like punch Phil. You know, I'm always sort of on Billy's side on moments like that. Are you? You know, I'd like them... To, I'd, well, I mean, to be fair, the times that he's punched Phil in the past year have kind of been... Yeah, go on, Billy. Fair play. You mm. know, like when he was attacking Karen and... Oh, yeah, punched, like the boat week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and Bill, and Phil just never mentioned that again because Phil just feels good at that, like being yeah. hit over the head and then not mentioning it ever again. It's Phil's kind of like, head. all right, you got me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. again. Oh well, when he's forgotten again. about it with Cat and Stacey, hasn't he? Which will exactly talk not about once later. has been mentioned. No, but yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll come on to that. But um, Jay and Honey, yeah, for sure. Let's mm. give me some more. I like it. Ship I'm it. quite happy with it. Ship <laughs> it. So you're saying it now, and that's not my fault. It's your fault. I'm, I'm doing it ironically. Oh, um, ironically. Uh, yeah, so yeah, bring it on. Good, good, good. A story I have been actually really enjoying, and I, I, I know it's ridiculous, and I will point out everything that's ridiculous about it, and I will pull it apart, because I love Stuart and Rainey so much, and I've yeah, always yeah, loved yeah. Stuart and Rainey. This yeah. week, there was a scene where Rainey... Well, anyway, let's, let's talk about it. So Stuart and Rainey <laughs> to go to the fertility appointment, which she had booked before she had a phantom pregnancy. They tell her basically outright now. They can't They can't rewrite this anymore. They've said it no, squarely. No, they can't unscarf but... tubes. No matter how powerful, no matter how powerful <laughs> Kate Oates is in the world of soap, you cannot unscarf fallopian tubes. No, they've said it. A doctor has officially yes. said it on screen. You cannot. It's you not cannot. Just... <laughs> it's not just hearsay what Rainey has mentioned in passing. It's now been officially said by a medical practitioner. Rainey, Rainey cannot have, have children. children. Cannot. Done. I, don't, I do not want a story where Tiff is now going to carry your child. Oh, now I'm pregnant as well. Like like an episode Ta-da! of Monica. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 
Naughty. Alex will step in. I'm rolling up the newspaper and I will tap yeah. you on the nose if you do it one more there time. There will be consequences. There will be consequences. However, let's talk about the consequences of the fact that <laughs> Rainey asked Tiff because they're good friends and he's and you know they you know they've oh, yeah, known for each other a matter of a week. matter of episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're best friends, BFFs, and ten thousand pounds <laughs> is burning a hole in Rainey's bank account, and she wants That's to give that money. to Tiff as a nice little gift as a thank you for carrying her and Stuart's baby for her. Keegan's got his reservations, quite rightly so. Yes. Uh, calling it the monster, uh, the Adams family baby. Um, yeah. But Mitch kind of gives him good advice. Happy wife, happy life. And only Mitch can do in his mm. misogynistic, sexist, <laughs> ridiculous way. way. Yeah. yeah. Can Tiff do this realistically? No, <laughs> no, no she no. can't. It's <laughs> utter twaddle. No, of course she can't. She's 17 years old. Now, that I mean, that's the thing that most people are kind of thinking, what about this story? Because Tiffany is 17 years old. It is illegal for her to be a surrogate, I'm pretty sure. It is. I Someone don't sent think... us a link saying you have to be 21. No, for a start then. So she's years <laughs> out from where she should be. Uh, I'm pr- And I'm sure I read somewhere that you can't be a surrogate Unless you've had a child of your own. Am I oh, right there? So true, yes. But uh, ah. I need to do a shout out to um, our listeners this week. You've, you've literally jumped on the story <laughs> and sent us all the information we need to know that this is Could not you know happening. how useless we'd be at it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know that if we went on Google, we'd put in child age, Christian Mark. Child age, and then we'd get told off by yeah, Google. Because yeah. we'd type the wrong things in. We'd look at maternity and go, eh, women, and run away from it. Yeah, so it well just done. weird. So thank you, everyone. Yeah. Seriously, though, thank you to everyone who sent us. We had about three or four people who DM'd or sent us tweets uh, with all this information for us, knowing the, how useless we are at finding information yeah. like this ourselves. Much so, appreciated. Do that more often. Yes, it please. It us a lot. Please do. <sighs> I mean, the thing is, actually, I will defend. I will say, I don't mind it in the sense that I guess I can totally imagine Rainey going, oh, "Screw the law, I don't care." Um, it's ten grand. Do it for us. That that in itself, yeah, weird. I get it. It's weird, but it sort of works within Rainey's character not to really care about the law, mm. you know. But they need. To, but if that's the way they're going with it, then it needs to be a bit neater. Now, the law is the UK law. Is there a possibility where, and I'm completely on board with this we're going to have a week where they're filming outside of the square in some kind of european country <laughs> where i the law... sincerely doubt it <laughs> where, where the law isn't necessarily quite as strict um well like amsterdam or something <laughs> i don't know i don't know if the netherlands is to be honest with you because um, there must be somewhere where it's like 16 or, it, or it's 18 so they like wait till it's tiff's 18th birthday or something like that i don't know i mean my my knowledge of um surrogacy laws in the philippines isn't what it should be i'm afraid (laughs) really um yeah i know funny that um i I know they're not going to put that much thought into it are they it's literally going to be tiffany i think because the thing is what the story is going to be effectively tiff's going to have this become pregnant somehow how are they doing this, by the way? Are they using Stuart, or are they just literally? No, going... <laughs> no. They, they... no. I don't mean like. I don't mean like you know <laughs> Tiffany and Key, Tiffany and Stuart going to a room together and then they come out done. I didn't mean that. It's going to be Stuart's sperm and Rainey's egg, and they're going to implant it into Tiff. Oh, yeah, they're doing it. I very don't know how any of that works. I don't know how any of that works either. But well, when oh, a man just... loves a woman, <laughs> <laughs> it's just icky, isn't it? 
Why is it it's icky? It's a bit weird. I don't mean, you know, the, the whole thing of surrogacy is a beautiful thing, but I just think that getting a 17-year-old <laughs> to do it is a bit icky. But they are best friends. No, they're not. They've known each other a week. There have been the grand total of about four episodes that <laughs> these two characters have shared together. And all of a sudden, Rainey's turning around to Tiffany and going, oh, be my surrogate, mate. Go on. <laughs> Tiffany's like, yeah, all right. That sounds yeah, like a good I've known you that long. Something what? different. It's funny. When Tiff said, um, I'm going to treat it like a job, it instantly <laughs> clicked my head into, okay, so £10,000. She's working for nine months, technically, because she'd be carrying yeah. the child for nine months. She's- London, right? She well yeah she's well, this is my point she's getting paid I think just scraping minimum wage for doing this <laughs> it's quite it's quite it's quite a big commitment for a seventeen year old girl to do it I mean if they'd given it a bit more time I think for Tiff to consider it but the fact that she made her decision solely based on watching a YouTube video of someone giving birth mm. being a little bit freaked out by it essentially I I feel like she's kind of doing it just to say. I can do it rather than I should do it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, but that shows the naivety of mm. Tiff, as a, mm. you know, in in terms of the role in this story, which I'm sure, which I'm sure is the, is half the point. Um, you know, the fact that she she didn't have like big ideas of what the birthing process would actually be like. That she has to go on YouTube <laughs> and watch a woman giving birth, which is going to be gross um, because giving <laughs> birth isn't the most attractive thing that that anybody ever has to do. You know, I my my mum used to be a nurse, and I've heard stories and things and stuff happens. You know, and I remember watching a video at school where they were showing us someone giving birth. It's not really? a pretty picture. Oh what? God, yeah, oh, out in the air. Oh my um, God, I, I ne- <laughs> what school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> the Kate Oates School of, of, uh, of <laughs> yeah. learning how to give. Um, no, it's was there background music it, and like tight cuts. Yeah, no, honestly, God, the sound of the background as the intensity of this woman's situation rose. It was insane. Um, yeah, it's just it's just weird. Do you know what I mean? And I get it from a sense of I can totally imagine Rainey wanting to do this under the radar and say, here's 10 grand, have a kid for me. Because there's not many 17-year-old who would turn around and go, well, 10 grand? Yeah, now you're all right, thanks. You know, <laughs> Tiffany and Keegan, struggling young people who want to start making their way in life. 10 grand's a great sum of money to have. Mm. Um, and I think Rainey's sort of Rainey's sort of working on that. But it's just a bit weird. It is weird, but I just, I love, I love Rainey. <laughs> I love the character yeah, no, of Rainey. she's a great character. And, and... Stuart and Rainey are great characters, mm. but I sort of don't... See, the thing is, my problem is, I don't really want Stuart and Rainey sort of being dragged down by it kid I, mean, I think they're more interesting when they're able to just sort of live their lives and veer from one disaster to another yeah but that was that was starting to get a little bit tiresome for me that, that every week it would be a different mm. oh look what rainy and stewart are doing this week kind of story and it's nice that yeah. they've been given this long-term story and it's they've the right people are doing it as well because just the performance the moment when tiff said yes and told rainy that the reaction by rainy it just made me forget everything that was wrong about the story <laughs> for that one moment. I rewatched that scene about two or three times because I loved that scene so much. So f- that's close to one of my scenes of the year. The, the reaction that Rainey had. Really? And yeah, seriously. Oh, just because by how happy she was, you mean? Just the way she she never shows emotion. And the fact uh. that she she wouldn't even show emotion really to Tiff when she was told that she can't have, she can't have children. Nobody yeah, she writing. cannot. She cannot have children, and she's on the screen. tubes, scarred. And yeah. it's just the way that she just let herself go for this one tiny little moment and thanked them for doing it. And Stuart 
I just, I just, it was just a lovely moment for me, and I, I want more lovely little moments like that with Rainy and Stuart. They're not going to do the evil route with them, which is fine. I said it would be lovely and fun, but it's fine that they don't want to do that with them. Then let them, let them have a happy moment. And again, you have to forget that yes, Tiff is seventeen years old. Yes, it's illegal, and yes, Stuart uh, used to trap people in boots of cars, ride around to rave music, and we still don't know what's happened to Dylan Box. But apart from all those things. <laughs> I yeah. love that they're doing this story with Stuart and Rainey. Uh, I, I, I mean, the thing is, though, how long is it going to last? How far are they going to go with this process? <laughs> you think so? You reckon? You reckon the whole thing is going to happen? No, I think Tiff will pull out and um, it will... <laughs> never know. God. Sorry, mature. I'm such a child. Um, I think I think Tiff will eventually, or Keegan will talk <laughs> Tiff out of it. I think yeah, Keegan because Keegan's unhappy you. about it. Because this, the alternative is, I mean, in no universe is is this going to go the way Rainey and Stuart want it to. We know mm-hmm. that. And it's either going to go one of two ways. Either, Ke- either Keegan's going to be the driving force behind uh, Tiff. No, this is weird. Let's not do this. Or they're gonna Tiff's going to become pregnant. And then naturally, because she's 17, and why wouldn't you, get ridiculously attached to this kid that's inside her and not want to give it away. Now that seems yeah. like the long game for this story, and I don't think that it's going to go that long. I've got a feeling though it won't be Tiff that becomes attached to the kid. I think it'll be Keegan who will become attached to the kid. I mean, we're 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 expecting the writers to be blindly pretending that none of that's <laughs> happening and kind of putting their fingers yeah. in their ears and shouting la 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 la. It's all fine. But we've criticised the writers in the past for forgetting things, and actually, a few weeks later, they've gone ha ha ha. Actually, we didn't forget. Screw you, Orford Weekly. Yeah. Tick. Yeah. Um. So I I think that if they are going to do it, it's going to be done a lot less clinical. This would mean that Keegan's first child with Tiff isn't his. And that's what's going to be the bone of contention. Yes, here. that's a good point. That's a good mm. point. But the fact that it's all quite illegal means that they're not going to be able to do this through the official channel, surely. Unless they lie about Tiffany's age and then Tiffany has to get hold of some fake identification and all sorts of messy little well, certificate this, stuff. The, the plan is, and Stuart said it, is that they want to do it through the scientific, you know, as I say, put Stuart's sperm into Rainey's egg and then plant the yeah. egg into Tiff. <laughs> But they, if they, if they, they can't do that, to my knowledge, legally in the UK. So there's one of two ways. One is that they do it without sounding too crude through a basting facility, <laughs> um, or it's a turkey baster. Yes, the, uh, I'm, trying to, fridge, I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be. Why? Not to be Don't too... bother. Okay, fine. Don't bother. Go on, say it graphically. Um, or they have. You're to... the editor. You say anything you like. <laughs> Or they have to leave the UK and do it in a in another country. I, I, again, They're I don't know. They're not going to do that. But, but they can't they... do that anyway in the middle of a, in the middle of a pandemic, can they? So it's not like they can even pretend that they've gone abroad because well, the characters wouldn't be able to. If there's a travel bridge between one country to the next, then they can. So to do this, they're going to have to find somewhere that A, is, is quite happy with a 17-year-old being being like a surrogate. And not only that, they've got to find somewhere that's happy with that and that doesn't have a two-week isolation period <laughs> that they have to work around. There that's... is no way this can any of this can happen. Yeah, I know. Mm, I just turn, that, I, the I'm trying to think of a way around. that none of this is illegal. Surely. They're not going to sit here and go, yeah, we know it's illegal, but what if it wasn't? You know, that's not going to happen. But then that's, that's the, uh, the only other route then. The only other route is that Stuart's sperm, Stuart's sperm <laughs> needs to be put into Tiffany. I can't believe I'm talking about this. <laughs> like... Well, this is where we're at. This is where we're at now. What's happened to me? What's happened exactly. to Wolford Weekly Podcast? <laughs> 
my fault. So ever since I came on it. It really gone. has been, yeah, Rob, yeah. completely. Do you know what? Let's let's maybe talk about it next week when we maybe have a bit more clarity of what might be going on with Stuart Rainey and the Because at the moment we don't know and it feels weird. That's yes. all that's basically it. You're looking forward to it. I'm Sort of, but I'm looking forward to more Rainey and Stuart because I love the actors and the characters. So, so it could much. be anything. This storyline could be anything. Oh and yeah, you'd be happy that yeah. As yeah, long as it was okay. a long storyline, as long as it was a long a, a, a long story arc, that's what <laughs> that's what I want. Who to knows? See. Who knows? Who knows? Well, we'll see where it we'll see where it goes. We're gonna move on to some comic relief where we met a new character this week. We met Malcolm, and uh, <laughs> he he is working for Cat to scope the. Uh, but basically the heist it's the heist yeah. story yeah i'm just gonna say it this story was my highlight of the week loved it excuse me if you can sit here and bloody cheer that tiffany story i'm allowed to sit here and cheer phil in a, in a leopard print pinny all right i'll give you that one go on then tell yeah. us why you love this story so much i just thought it was funny it was just n- the thing is i like comedy phil i think <laughs> phil doesn't get the opportunity to be funny as often as he should because I mean, he's got yes. to be—he's got to be Phil Gruff family. He's got to be that bloke a lot of the time, and yes, that works with Phil's character. But now and again, you know, like similar to when he was helping Kim give birth. Yeah, you know, Steve McFadden does comedy really, really well. Hello, Ben's here, by the way. Oh, I'm hi, Ben. Guest appearance. We're talking about Phil. One is left print. Yes. Yeah, um, I loved that. I thought it was quite. I thought it was never quite knew funny. I wanted Cat to be involved in a heist. I must say. Oh, so you're exactly. You, you agree with. Rob, that this is the hot. This is the story of the week. Yeah, it's good. I'd never ask for Cat to be in a heist, but she's in a. Heist. And I'll never, and we'll never ask for it again. <laughs> Very unbelievable yeah. and didn't make any sense at all. No, but I liked it. I liked them both together. Okay. Even though Jesse and Steve hate working together, they've got chemistry. Oh, is that true? Is that a fact? Well, is there was a, a moment where Steve refused to work with Jesse a few years ago, didn't he? But I think I they've patched, remember that, patched yeah. things up now. Oh, okay. Jessie falls out with everybody, though, doesn't she? She I was fell out with Barbara Jessie... Windsor for a while, didn't she? Did, yeah, she fell out with Barbara Windsor, but that's because she was late all the time. Mm. So did Whitney. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Whitney was the same. Whitney, she told the story, didn't she, from Secrets on the Square? Yeah, I think Shannon McCartney got suspended for a little while, didn't she, because she was late all the time. Yes, she did, yes. Mm. So did Jessie. <laughs> I don't digital spy, so it must be true. Yeah. Wendy Richards um, put people in their place, though, I think. Wendy Richards was in charge of disciplinary <laughs> stuff at, uh, at EastEnders, I reckon. Mm. How did you find the heist? <laughs> uh, I loved it. I thought the, the heist was just funny. I think it, was, it wasn't supposed to be anything other than funny, though, was it? It wasn't supposed to be this big, serious story. It was just a bit of light comic relief. Mm. Uh, and Phil and Cat work really well together on screen. And I yes. don't want them going down a romance route, but I want the pair of them to work together more in, in sort of... In the sort of just because they Phil's just complete and utter disbelief that Cat can do anything, and Cat <laughs> trying to keep Phil under control. The pair of them work really well in a comedic situation together. I want more of that. And the security guard was like a good actor, Duncan, which yeah, is very rare in the it? extras. But they kept going on about role. his um, mum all the time. Do you think Cat's um, going to feel guilty when something happens to the mum, and then she like drops out? I wonder Maybe. if that was going to happen. I... Maybe, because with a slab of meat legs. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. It depends what happens, because I've, I've read that it doesn't go to plan, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I'm pretty sure I've seen a picture of Phil in hospital. What? I don't know where, though. Oh. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I might. It might be the same thing, I don't know. Uh, Was he wearing leopard print still? I hope so. <laughs> 
leopard print really, underwear yeah. and knickers. Yeah, I just love the way that when Phil was when Phil was being introduced as Malcolm, he just slipped into character instantly. All right, I've got to have the brain of a five year old. Right, I can do that. I'll just stare <laughs> vacantly and mm, very versatile. Eyes. Yes, he is old Phil. Bless him. Phil's a great actor as well as Steve, apparently. Although when they were walking around the um car park looking at the um classic cars, wasn't it written on the walls like everywhere like this is being recorded? And Phil was just casually was walking around looking I saw, yeah. I was like, no, Phil, you're that. not doing very well here, love. He's not he's it's been a while <laughs> since Phil's had a had a good old job to do. He's gonna take a successful one. To get back to, yeah, exactly. It's gonna take one well, the thing is normally he's been knocked out by this point. So he's sort of trying to make remember what he does at this at this stage. Mm. Anyway, I'm gonna go because I'm interrupting and I hate EastEnders now. No, I don't. Yeah, no, it's Team Cory, right? <laughs> but um, Ben's had a haircut, which was always nice as well. I saw and a tan, so that's my leading oh. synopsis here. Oh, well, oh, character Ben, not you. Oh yeah, no, not me. No, he's not talking no. in the third no. person. <laughs> no, Ben, he's had his haircut. He looks lovely. <laughs> Alex had a cup lovely. of tea. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, he went to Maidenhead that time. Anyway, it's nice to see that you're still you're taking my role very well. So I'll leave you to it. Oh. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. Nice to speak to you. There you go, everyone. We were joined by Ben very briefly there. So uh, We're cutting all that out, surely. You've pretty much summed up the story because uh, it's difficult for me to kind of put a positive spin on it. But you and Ben seem to... Did you not like it? I, I think I made my <laughs> my <laughs> my thoughts known from the beginning. I did. I didn't not like it. I just don't like heists, and I hated that. Oh, but it's not really a heist. Well, I suppose it is a heist, isn't it? But it, in terms of the build-up to it with Cat and Phil, you didn't find it funny. Um. um... I felt a bit sad, actually. I felt a bit sorry. I felt sorry Why? for the security. I felt sorry for the security guard because he obviously lives with his mum and he's looking after her. He, he he's like a he's a character I could actually see coming onto the square, like at some point, and becoming like this with his mum. And like one in like a year's time, she dies, and he's like his whole world cr- crumbled around him. Yeah, I was more interested in the security guard story <laughs> than I was in the heist, to be honest. I mean, I'd 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 gently suggest to you to maybe not put that much investment in the character of the security guard i feel like we're probably not going to see him again but you never know yeah but that, that's kind of showed what i thought about the story that in my mind whilst i was yeah. watching it i was giving a backstory to the security guard Fair and, enough. and not Fair really enough. enjoying and it just seemed to phil said oh for ten thousand pounds i wouldn't do that i wouldn't get out of bed for doing something like this and then just luck should have it that there's this in this empty car lot there seems to be this one classic car and now he's suddenly interested in doing something about it this does all cut we should we should quickly say as well this does all culminate because Ben's on board with this uh, with this heist now, unfortunately, and Callum overhears yes. uh, the plan. Now, I just uh, this seems to me to be reason seven hundred and eighty six why <laughs> Ben and Callum don't work as a couple in terms of their characters. I mean. Because Ben has got no respect for Callum whatsoever. Callum is a policeman, and Callum has repeatedly asked Ben, "Please don't, please don't take the mic here. I'm a copper. I can't have you going around being all illegal." Mm. And Ben is like, "Oh no, let's let's nick a few cars. Yeah, that's fine. Callum will be all right." And like, there's just there's no mutual respect there whatsoever. I mean, I know Callum's in the background, sort of trying to bring down Phil, but it's not the same thing, is it? Really, mm. Ben and Callum, Ben would be doing that regardless. I've got a horrible feeling, though, that this Callum will report this to D.I. Gaffney and it will be like, oh, yes, you know, we finally got Phil. We know something's going to happen and the police will be there waiting. I don't think it was a throwaway comment that Kat repeatedly said, don't forget, this is my job. This is my job. And I feel like that Kat is going to be the one who gets thrown to the wolves and will end up getting the the criminality of this whole 
this whole heist, if you want to call it that. Mm. So I think that even though Callum thinks this is his way of getting in, I don't think that it will be his way of getting Phil ultimately. But I completely agree with you, especially after last week when Ben was adamant with Callum that, you know, he didn't like the that Callum was getting involved with Phil and all these jobs. He's still comfortable to still be part of them, even though he's kind of mm. promising Callum the world and that he won't be doing it. It just yeah, feels I, a bit disjointed. I feel, yeah, I feel that surely Balam aren't long for this world, are they? I've, every week we used to say, oh, <laughs> that's the end of Balam. That's the end of Balam. Yeah. And every week they'd find a way to get themselves they surprise out. us. Yeah, there'll be another way of doing it. Yeah, as, as, long as, as long as Phil is around, there will always be that attachment between Ben and Phil and Ben's mm. constant need to impress his dad. The answer to the question of who does Ben ultimately love or want the love of most is always going to be Phil, as much as he proclaims that it's not and that it's Callum. And mm. it's just, it's just the same old, it's the same old cycle, isn't it? With Ben and Callum, it's always going to be the same old cycle with them. Um, and it, it'd be nice if they could just break free from it. Um, and we could see a, like a storyline between them, which is a little less Phil centric or Mitchell centric, mm. I suppose. Mitchell, Yeah, I suppose. Uh, and then of course, at the end, right at the end of the week, uh, Kat and Kush appear to be on the verge of breaking up as well. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't really, she doesn't really seem to give monkeys about him anymore, does she? She's I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand why that happened. I mean, it's quite, I think it's quite perfectly reasonable for Kat to go. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be involved in this. I'm sort of trying to sort this out for you. But Kush, Kush takes offence to it. He takes offence to it. Because still gambling. And he's still gambling. Exactly. Martin. Yeah. Martin trawling the internet looking for his BFF yeah. on, on the uh, websites. I mean, there must be hundreds of gambling websites. And Martin claims he found him in 10 minutes. But yeah, I mean, Kush isn't helping himself, is he? And I think this is a result of basically Kush being ignored after he proclaimed that he has this gambling habit and needs help. And no one seems to care. And so he's a bit mm. like, well, I suppose I did get us into this trouble. I he uses as the reason he's trying to get them out of the problem but i mean he's it's a constant problem now because suki has increased their rent so it's he can't you know if he's saying that this the reason he's gambling still is because he needs to get them out of the problem well then he's going to be gambling for the rest of the time they're renting from the panasars because this is a constant this isn't just a problem that you can just get out of with one installment of money it's a constant problem so i think it's not that it's that's an excuse for him he just wants to gamble and he's not really getting the help that he clearly needs from the people he thought he could trust and rely on yeah i mean i guess we'll find out next week in heist week (laughs) (laughs) yay i think that's the week really isn't it there was a few little other bits and pieces whitney uh doing a bit of extra flirting with gray bringing his kids over and reminding gray that he's their father yes um um, whitney uh, yet again going into a (laughs) and what could be abusive relationship very soon Mm -hmm. whitney why why do you always get yourself in these little problems eh she just loves it hasn't she Poor Whitney. Oh, don't be horrible to Whit. I'm not being horrible to Whit, but it's just that's what I mean. Genuinely, poor Whitney. She always in these. She's always in these situations. Uh, hopefully, this won't be going on for too long with her. You know, Christmas coming up. Things never last long at Christmas. She, uh, no, I think this is going to be a 2021 20, story. I think this is basically Whitney and Gray's future story. Uh, hmm. But that's a prediction, not a fact. So I'd like to make that known from the get set anyway we've made our opinions known it's time that we hear what other people have said as we read some of your comments on i ain't one to gossip you know me i ain't one to gossip and yes this week i ain't one to gossip we have several comments throughout the week about the various storylines 
Uh, we'll start on Facebook. James Reed said about about Thursday's episode, I really liked tonight's episode. Kat and Phil have great comedic chemistry. Jessie Wallace was clearly in her element and it was great to have so many on-location scenes. It was really refreshing. That's true. We didn't speak about that. The fact that the whole thing actually seemed to be away from Wolfen. They actually seemed to be a, a, a proper building somewhere away from Albert Square. That was nice to see, I thought. Oh, I agree with you. That's why I said that I would love a uh, Rainey and Stuart of the Square story. <laughs> How did you drag them into it? <laughs> Katie Phipps says, The Tiffany surrogate storyline is creepy and disturbing. You have to be 21 and have your own child before you can be considered as a surrogate. She is a child and they barely know her. Not only that, but they're her bosses. They emotionally blackmailed her into it and offered her money which is illegal have the writers lost their minds actually i didn't take consideration that they're also <laughs> employers i mean that's yeah. tribunal all that, over, I, isn't it? <laughs> I mean i thought that seemed like a fairly it's <laughs> fairly low on the issues list to be fair <laughs> that is true you know, you've got your stories that you kind of just wash over the, mm. the the reasons why it shouldn't happen this is mine this is my <laughs> this is my story that I, i'm happy to take the ride and see what's gonna what's gonna happen fair enough and then on twitter caddy cuts lover uh, says katie is such an interesting but creepy character also the writing is suddenly back on top form too i wasn't convinced by this storyline given mixed history but i'm on board now oh yeah no now they've introduced katie i'm i'm actually interested in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i genuinely am before i just felt like it was dragging on and i mean i felt sorry for mick i just couldn't shake off the kind of icky feeling of uh, they're kind of rewriting the, the, the love story of linda and mick now katie is in it though I'm more supportive. I'm, I'm excited about what where this road may take it. And then finally, on Instagram, Sydney Dumphy says, on Kim's return, which, spoiler alert, is going to be happening fairly soon. I don't think it's much of a secret anymore, really, is it? No. Um, but he says, on Kim's return, please remember her son Mika, who seemed to be forgotten by the show when she left. Also, hope it's the same actress who plays Pearl. She was good. <laughs> I quite, quite like the idea of Pearl and Raymond kind of being little buddies. That might be quite cute. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yes. Oh, yes. I can't wait. I just can't wait for the Fox house to just be full of life. Just, yeah. uh, as soon as Patrick can come from wherever he's resting at the moment. Um, and I just have Cherie and Isaac and Kim and then her daughters are coming back. I just can't wait for it just all to be. Oh, it's just so exciting. I really can't wait. It's going to be mm, really it's good. It's going to be nice. It's going to be nice to see Patrick and Kim back. Hopefully Patrick's back soon. I, don't, I haven't heard anything about the uh, about Rudolph Walker being back on filming or, or anything though. No, I hope he's OK. And I, I you know, all our love mm. out to him. Um, I hope. Absolutely. I, hope he's fine. I mean, is he the oldest cast member? At the minute, I mean, no, probably, probably Lay- Layla's older than uh, Dot's not in it anymore. Dot is still a cast member. She's still. She's not in it. She's not coming she back though. She, she has wrote to a co- poem. She has. <laughs> she made a tape recording for Sonia. <laughs> she did. She um. She has to come back because she has to have a goodbye story. If they do not it's give not Dot happening. a goodbye story, no, they have to. We were watching an interview. <laughs> Sorry, let me let me give a backstory to this. We were watching an interview with Nigel Harmon, who played Dinner Senior, mm. and uh, he said that when he worked with June Brown, that she would take the script and she would pull up any of the writers if there was anything that was not reflective to like what had happened to dot in the past like she was she would to the letter make sure that nothing would be irregular for dot's character now i can imagine <laughs> that just before she left that a script landed her way and they rewrote something that happened in dot's past because yeah. it's not an unfamiliar territory right now for her um so as long as they kind of bring her back and 
be considerate for June Brown's needs because they need to bring Dot back for a final hurrah because if they don't, they will sorely regret it. And I, I agree, but it. I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> they must. <laughs> I just, they must, yes, but it depends whether June will come back or not. Um, but that's the comments for this week. That was I ain't got I ain't want to gossip. Thank you for that, Rob. Uh, you can do Pleasure. that next week as well if you like. <laughs> oh, thanks. Homework. Yeah, yeah, Such a hard taskmaster, isn't he? I am. The Slave whip driver. is out. The whip is out. Ooh. If you guys want to get in touch with us, <laughs> then the best way is to get in touch with us on our Facebook group, our Twitter, and our Instagram. If you find us just by searching Wolford Weekly Podcast on any one of those three. If you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to give us a thumbs up to subscribe and click the bell so you get notifications for when more of our videos come up including our spoiler cast that comes out every Tuesday for what's going to happen the following week on EastEnders if you are like me though and you prefer to have your podcast in an audio form then you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts Podbean Spotify or any of your favourite podcast apps don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode thank you again Rob for joining us it's always a pleasure never a chore a pleasure as always (laughs) and uh, thank you guys for joining us as well and we hope you can join us again next week where we'll be doing another roundup of the week of EastEnders Stay safe and hope you can join us again soon. Bye. Farewell. Like a smelly sock.